Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Do you know anybody know what the game Snakebite is? Game. That doesn't uh, sound like a game. <laughs> this is a game. I don't know if you were in the real Cub Scouts. Pete. <laughs> yeah, Pete, either this... you were in the fake Cub Scouts or your fever's coming down. <laughs> it, could, it could be either one, but I'm going to tell you this game anyway. We had, uh, I lived in a neighborhood with uh, electric fences in the farms. And, <laughs> and if you, you know what happens? If you get together and everybody holds hands, right, in a circle, you got to get your Cub Scout troop together. This is a great game to play, kids. <laughs> and everybody holds hands. And then 
at all at once two people have to to two people break and as soon as two people break everybody else has to hold on real tight because those two people are going to run like crazy for the electric fence and whoever grabs the fence first the guy at the other end gets the crap shocked out of him <laughs> really wait is this a real electric fence or is yeah. this all in imagination I don't play with a lot of imaginary electric fences. <laughs> Why didn't you have any supervision? That game is terrible. No. <laughs> what kind of Cub Scouts was that? Where was your leader? Or was he, he involved? He was the one on the end. That's right. Is, yeah. is this how you guys earned your pacemaker badge? Is that what you guys would do? <laughs> right. They said it was Cub Scouts, but their Scoutmaster was just some guy under a bridge. <laughs> he was a troll. Yeah. Wow. Well done, everybody. Oh, that's a fantastic game. Peter. That was a good. See, I told a story, and you guys made a bit out of it. <laughs> leading into movie, leading into our movie tonight. Yeah, we. Uh, uh, I am uh, Pete Wright here with uh, Andy Nelson. This hello, is hello. Uh, the next real film board. We are joined by the uh, the film board, and the film board is made up. Of, who is uh, who is here tonight? Uh, we have uh, the uh, the fantastic. Uh, I'm just going by my avatars on my Skype screen right now. Chad Stoops. Yes, sir. Chad Stoops is here from the uh, from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, we have uh, uh, Mike Evans. Hello. God, on a, it's got to be a new microphone. Very white. Man, <laughs> he's... God, I just want to <laughs> snuggle. <laughs> With his voice. We have uh, Steve Sarmento. Good evening, Steve. And we have a new, uh, a new, uh, a new voice, uh, don't we? We have Tommy Handsome. That's me, Tommy Handsome. Tommy. This is my big break. <laughs> Tom Metz, another finally uh, made it. That's yep. right. Uh, Tom Thomas Metz from uh, the heart of Sepulveda Boulevard. Exactly. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love that we're now we're now split up between. Uh, we've got two Angelinos. By Angelino is what we are. No. Mm. And uh, we've got <laughs> no. I've been by Angelino for a long time. <laughs> like that. Uh, and uh, now, so we're we're Los Angeles, we're Phoenix, and and Portland. I need to find another person here. That's right. In Portland, yeah, we're tri we're tri Phoenician, so tri Phoenician. That's right. It's like tri Phoenician by Angelino and Mono Portlandia. <laughs> uh, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Steven Soderbergh's Steven Soderbergh's latest film, Side Effects, which came out yesterday. Please let the judging begin now. Andy, why don't you just kick us off? Just kick us. Well, and, and possibly his last theatrical film, anyway. He, he has yes. this one more crazy one coming up, right? Which is, I think it's an HBO film, The Liberace. Liberace. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Michael Douglas and, and Matt Damon. Um, so hopefully he won't go out on an HBO film. Hopefully he will make some other films afterward. But uh, I don't know if he's just going into kind of the crazy land of wanting to go make wine like Coppola did or oh, he's, what. He's painting. Yeah, he's doing something. He's, that's so, what yeah. he said. He wants to focus on his painting. Really? Well, you yeah. know, when, he, when he's cranking three films out a year, maybe all he does is need to slow down a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Because, I mean, he did Haywire at the beginning of last year. And then, wasn't there another one? Didn't he have one come out in the middle of last year? Or am I just being crazy? Magic Mike? Magic oh, yeah, Magic Mike. Magic Mike. That was oh, was that, that was him? Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was That's him what dancing. I call Mike Evans, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Magic Why? Mike Evans. Why, thank you very much. 
No problem. <laughs> oh my god, you get more magical every time. You <laughs> so, so back to side effects, though. I mean, I actually, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the um, surprise that I got out of it because I, I really, I hit, I saw the trailer when it first came out, and then I hadn't seen the trailer since, and I kind of forgot what was in the trailer. And the movie came at me. And really took me in uh, a direction I wasn't expecting, and I I quite enjoyed it. I I thought uh, you know as a a solid filmmaker putting together a, a a good film. I mean I would say it's a for for Soderbergh it's he put together a great B thriller, and yeah, uh, yeah I really enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean I agree with you. I think it took me in all seven directions that I didn't expect. Yeah, repeatedly yeah. in a cycle. <laughs> Come on, who's next? I would. It, it, I don't. I don't know if there's a seniority. <laughs> Sorry, this is Tommy. Just uh, jump but, in. Uh, if you don't, yeah. One of the things I knew absolutely nothing. It was just incredibly rare for me. I knew absolutely nothing about the movie, nor had actually seen a real, um, what you call a trailer or anything. Just out of luck of the draw. And so when I was watching the movie, and I'll keep this spoiler free for now. Uh, I really kind of enjoyed, uh, as I was talking to Pete earlier about tonight a little bit, just the, oh, it's it's a uh, kind of a character piece about someone, suffer, or a, a, a couple suffering through depression. Oh, no, it's actually a uh, real condemnation or at least a debate about the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, no, it's about something totally different. And it just keeps getting more and more crazy and layered Having not known anything going into that, I loved that journey. If I knew anything going into it, or if I had known that it was being marketed as a thriller, I would feel differently. Interesting. Hmm. And, and you know, that's interesting, because my wife, who I saw it with, I told her, she she went with me, and, and she was like, well, what's it about? And I said, well, I think it was a psychological thriller about a woman who starts taking pills uh, because she's depressed or something, and then it takes her down a dark road. And she was kind of expecting that film, and it because it wasn't that film, she ended up hating the movie. She was like, well, that wasn't a, at all what I was expecting it to be, and it just took me down a dark road that I really didn't want to go down, and uh, it put me in a bad place. And so, you know, I can see how not really, you know, coming at it from what you're expecting it to be can all of a sudden turn it turn it down a way that you're not wanting it to be sure and and you don't end up liking it because she didn't like it i really enjoyed the journey it took me on i don't know what about uh, the rest of you folks well, i mean i i uh i kind of went into it thinking you know just from what was sort of uh um i don't think i saw the trailer but you know just the little blurbs on the uh on the movie sites i was expecting either something you know sort of focused on you know the result of the taking the drugs or something on, you know, how basically it was going to be like a, like a mono focus type movie. It was just going to be on her, like the lead, the lead actress, the Emily and whether or not, you know, what was going on with her and it. And I remember thinking about halfway into the movie, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know who I'm supposed to like or not like here anymore. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like it, it literally is about halfway through the movie that it was like every, all bits are off. It's it's a it's a okay. Um, let's just uh, I guess keep watching because I have no idea. I mean, I really enjoyed it. So the uh, the summary be there being, I really did enjoy it, and 
and I thought it was was uh, had a lot of twists and had appropriate number. You know, it wasn't um, overly complex and it wasn't overly simplistic. I thought it was pretty good, pretty well um, um, balanced, and I enjoyed it immensely. I I have to agree. I, I this is Steve. I really enjoyed it. You know, the the opening shot. Um, you know, we 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 get this scene. Uh, you know, and I, this isn't a spoiler if you've, you've seen any of the previews, but that you know, there's there's blood on the floor, something's occurred, and the camera sort of you know tracks across that, and then it, it moves in on this uh, present and a, a like a little replica of a, a sailboat or something, and then it says you know three months earlier, and so I thought, okay, why, what what information are we getting here? So I had a feeling that there was we were going to come back. I knew we were going to come back to this scene, but I thought the reason to show us this is we're we're supposed to be expecting something. We're we've got some expectation. Clearly, I'm going to be viewing this in a different context later on. So I'm you know as an audience member, what what visual information am I getting? And I'm trying to keep track of that as I was going. So I had anticipated, you know, him sort of pulling the rug out a little bit of well, I showed you this. This is probably what you thought it was, but there's something else going on here, but I went along for the journey and I, I had a, a really good time, uh, with, with the, you know, the whole story and, and where it went. And as, as it is his, his last film, I, I kind of, as I walked out, I thought, was he trying to tell us something? Uh, was this an exploration of a genre to me? It, it, in if looking back in his filmography, I kind of categorized this with like Haywire and the Limey as these, Films that are have this smaller feel. They they delve really deep into character and story, and they're they're just really engaging. They're really entertaining. They're not the big Hollywood, you know, Ocean's Eleven, you know, thing, but a, a real detailed character study that has some really nice camera work to it, and it takes us on a a really I, for me fulfilling journey. I so agree with Steve. Oh. Is that weird? No, <laughs> you're not supposed not to do all. that. I know. I feel like I've totally <laughs> failed everything that we stand for. That's because no, you're on a Blixa. <laughs> it's because I am right now. I'm asleep. Uh, I think uh, I think it's it's fair to say uh, to alert folks that we are uh, a spoiler friendly show, and this movie is is going to get spoiled heavily uh, for starting uh, from from this point on. Um, she stabs her husband. She stabs her husband. Sta- <laughs> She stabbed. Her husband. There we go. <laughs> and her husband turns out to be a sled. <laughs> That's right. Um, Timely. Here's the 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 thing is, you know, and I I I totally. I mean, I agree with Steve. This is a a fascinating film because I I'm like Tom. I and I think actually like most of you, I went into this film knowing uh, God nothing about it. Uh, I didn't see the trailer. I, I saw the, uh, you know, one pill can change your life. I thought it was going to be more of a limitless kind of a story. Yeah. Uh, which, <laughs> and Limit- I think, wow. is that limitless a last problem? Limitless problems. Yeah. No, yes, this is, uh, exactly. <laughs> I think this is not that movie. I was, I didn't take very long. Um, what I, you know, I mean, Steve, I, I don't know if you, if you bring up the oceans movies sort of derogatorily and I, I think I may be, Oh no, you know, no, no. I really, I really, it's just a different type of storytelling that, that yeah. he does in those films as, as, as opposed to these, I think just even visually the way he, he, the sort of vocabulary he uses to tell the stories is very different in these, what I, call sort of his like sort of small independent films as opposed to the the big blockbuster hollywood films yeah how would, I, how would you compare those if you don't mind me butting in that how was the whole question that's exactly oh, I'm sorry. no 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 i i'm so glad you said that because that's the well you say it again 
Um, why exactly do you guys like me so much? Wait, what was the question that I was re-asking? <laughs> uh, the, uh, what is the what is the uh, visual def- uh, difference between his say hay- haywires and his Ocean's Eleven? Well, and I would I would I would add to that. What is it that is that makes this movie and those movies both uniquely Soderbergh? Right. Oh, is that a question for everybody? <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll give I'll give some examples here of, of just things that sort of stuck out um, in my mind. In, in going to the very end of the film, and this is not spoiler spoiler, but we have a scene between, uh, and I'm I'm going to blank out on character names. We've got Jude Law, uh, you know, it, there at the hospital, you know, disc- talking to his patient, and both of them there's there's a little discussion about what what's going to happen next. And in both cases, when we cut to them, they're sort of leaned back. They're sort of out of focus, and they lean into into oh, right. a really tight focus. And both of them do that. And I thought that's real interesting. And I think in that scene, there was he had put some medication down, and we're really close and tight. And that that those little pills and that little cup are really large. And then he moves it out of the way, and it's just these really close, tight shots that are you know just sort of creeping in. There's a scene. Uh, I think the first time she's in his office, the camera starts kind of high above her, so we can't really see her face. And as she starts telling her story, the camera moves down and to the right to sort of reveal more of her face as she's opening up telling her story. So I see the camera really contributing to a lot of the character and storytelling as opposed to Ocean's Eleven. I, I mean, there's there's camera work there, but I don't see it as used in the sense of, contributing so much to the story as opposed to as as i see in in you know side effects here sure That's, like gi- giving the world and giving the slickness yes presenting the kind of attitude okay sure Which, that makes a lot of sense i think one of the things that i find interesting about the you know the, the first of all the use of close-ups obviously is is you know throughout this film and i i like how you bring up the um, you know using the depth of field to allow the characters to move in and out of focus uh, he does that a lot in this film um, and uh, the th- one of the, the things I, I like so much about it is that it seems like, uh, particularly when you look at Catherine Zeta-Jones' character, uh, the character, the relationship we have through the camera with her is distinctly different from the relationship we have with Jude Law. With her, it's always at an off angle, right? It's yeah. very rare that we see her straight on. It's very rare. Yeah. When Even when we first introduced to her, we're introduced from a very low angle uh, and looking up as if we're we're in a hidden camera type of an environment, right? We're, and, and that's very similar, I think, to Ocean's Eleven, which uh, so much of the of the um you know of the vegas experience is captured by um you know angles that are reminiscent of security cameras and so much i mean maybe not of the uh, you know actual dramatic work but the montage work in those movies is done uh you know through um uh you know through the security camera sort of high you know high and oblique angles uh and and that's a very sort of a similar relationship we get with Catherine jada jones and and i think that ends up being very telling in the dramatic arc of this this film uh, as well that you know she ends up being off kilter herself peter and also to mm. kind of piggyback on what you're saying i think i'd like to call that the, the toddler shot <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on what's going on mommy that kind of thing <laughs> and just the kid that doesn't know what's going on is looking up but i thought it was actually a good good movie too i am um, i haven't really said anything yet but um i think that uh it's 
you know, there were a lot of characters in the movie that were really, uh, like, I, I do think the camera was a, played a great uh, role in the film as sort of an individual character that sort of was its own, that kind of was the truth throughout the entire thing that you could kind of follow if you didn't follow the film exactly. I think I, I had trouble following it at different parts because I didn't, I had watched the, the preview once before, but I think what was hard for me is I felt like, um, I fe- well, first of all, I felt Catherine Zeta-Jones was really good in Zorro. <laughs> but I don't know if I liked him this necessarily. <laughs> I think anybody could have <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, was, I love Zorro. I was, she was great in Zorro. She was Amazing. great in Zorro and in the second one. And um, I don't know. I, I just I felt like this, she was sort of like this kind of like, uh, she, it looked like she was advertising makeup at times. Like she just didn't. I mean, even when she was surprised that she was caught, it was this like look, this dramatic look, and it didn't kind of play with the rest of the. She seemed like a separate character, and I understood that you know that character could have been played uh, by, and it wasn't like a super major major role. She was kind of in there, you know, kind of filling in this this part that needed to be filled in. But I I felt like I felt like her part was not. It could have been played by someone someone else well i I, I have a question about that that character because that that to me that's you know sort of one of the major flaws is is that character and and i i I just saw it this morning so i'm still sort of trying to sift through you know chad is, is it the performance or is it really that character and the fact that we don't we don't get as much about her as we do a lot of the other characters and and there's some like the way that character is written was sometimes like just to, to fill some plot points or to, to cover over some areas to facilitate some other things happen in between other characters. I just didn't get a sense of yeah. her own well, purpose and role, but she was there for these other characters to respond and, re- and react to or to provide motivation for them. Well, I, which which I makes her even... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I mean, I got the impression that her... her so when, when you first saw her, she almost has this... Um, like. Cruella Deville kind of characteristic, <laughs> like like it's almost obvious yes. that she's a bad person. Right? Her ponytail is pulled right. so tight. Exactly. There's gotta be evil and in there. Like very quickly, yeah, exactly. Very quickly, you get this, you get this uh, um, opinion or or this feeling about her that the, okay, that and so I think this is like before, like the middle of the movie where I said suddenly I didn't understand who to root for. At this moment, like she, okay, suddenly that's the bad person, right? But if you look at kind of her role and, and it changes and everyone's role changes in this in this movie, but I think that may have been intentional. I think they were trying to um, um, guide or, or or influence the viewer a certain way because okay, so you got uh, Emily and you got the doctor, and and so now you have this person who is almost comically like evil looking, right? In, in a sense. So you're, it, it, it sort of moves your head or attention away from the other stuff that he's doing, almost like a magician's trick, right? And now you're focused on this, but okay, that's the bad person. And, and I think it was intentional. Oh, and, like and, then, and then yeah. throughout the rest of the movie, you know, you kind of have it in your head, but then, but it's different. She's not that that role, like later on. She's not the bad person, or you don't think she's like what? Yeah, she's not the, well, A, she's not the only Oh, uh, you know, she's not the bad person, like with capital T, right? She, right. she, and and I don't think so. I think it was intentional that she looked that way because I felt the same way. I was like, okay, that's like the the weakest character of the entire 
movie in a lot of ways. The weak, weakest acting, the weakest piece of it. And you have Catherine Zeta-Jones playing it, and you're like, okay, why? Well, you know, but, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah it's it's. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I can, I I can see what you're saying, Steve. When you were saying like your character, it's maybe that's your role, and maybe that was the way it was written. But I think on another side of that, another on a, on a, on a on a, on another level to that, the way that she is playing it isn't isn't um and maybe they took her for that purpose you know it's like and i don't mean to say she's a horrible actress i'm just saying that lately it seems like she she didn't fit what the movie was which seemed like there are these people right. in the movie Ch- chanam tating's kind of sort of like that too to me like he comes in the movie chanam he's tating chanam tating what i call him whatever his name is he's got you know he's pronounced channing tam tam he's got that's his original inuit name Right. <laughs> not even a name what is that man um but he they're not real like i felt like jude law and and rooney were both those two two characters were they were they felt like to me like they were they were people dealing we were dealing with their, those characters and it felt like the other two were kind of like like they could have been an different movie altogether well yeah what's maybe, what maybe almost like they were just supposed to be pawns Kind well, of like that, yeah. but I think Chan Tatum suffered from the same thing. I think you were, I think it was you were meant. You're basically being influenced early in the movie to think about him in a certain that character Martin in a certain way, like, right. like you know he's in jail and it's it's all his fault and you can't you kind of, you know the reason for all of her misery is his fault, and and I think um, the character is very um, almost black and white or very very you know it's almost stereotypical. That you sort of just slide into, okay, yeah, I know what's going on with that character. Same thing with her, with uh, with the her and the the character of uh, of the other doctors. Like, it's almost very, yeah, okay, I expect that 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 type of character would be doing that, and is in this case, and you kind of slide into it, and then you come later, and you realize, you know, it's almost like they they pull they they pull a rug under you later on because you realize, okay, I mean, you know, I that wasn't exactly how they were they were acting and and you find yourself kind of tricked because of it tricked because there was poor acting well i mean <laughs> i don't know how much acting was required I was tricked. I mean, this was rotten acting yeah. all along well, but it, you know it's one of those it's one of those acting? roles oh. it's one of those roles though that it's unfortunate i mean it's it's frustrating when they cast somebody as well known as Catherine Zeta Jones, because to me, it is one of those roles where you almost want it to be a, a smaller person. And they cast some amazing uh, just supporting actors in, in this film to play a lot of these roles. And I really enjoyed a lot of the other roles. But because Catherine Zeta Jones is such a name and she was in that role, you're instantly, when you see her yeah. in such a in such a small scene at the beginning, you're oh, instantly right. thinking, well, it's Catherine Zeta Jones. There's got to be more. What else is going on with her? Why would they cast her in that role? Right. And and that that to me is is, you know, I guess you could say it's not a story flaw because it's not going to be apparent when you read the script that that character is going to come back. But when you cast a name actress like Catherine Zeta-Jones in a role like that, then instantly it does force the audience to start thinking, well, what is it about that role that uh, is going to come in later and be an important role big enough for an actress like Catherine Zeta-Jones to play it? And I I think he would have served himself a lot better if he did cast a smaller actor in that part. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it, it's 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 one of those things, too. It doesn't allow her to develop the character and have people believe that character because her character, it's it's not, you know, it's like, hey, come on. 
come on, you still like guys. I'm just, well, like, <laughs> just like, come on. That's the that I mean, that's an interesting uh, thing, and I think that ends up being a, a flaw of the script because I I walked away with that same feeling that that and it, and it wasn't necessarily that that you know uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I could buy her being cast in that role. And, uh, you know, I agree with you, Andy, on some respect that, that or on some level that that there there is some benefit to casting a, a relative unknown for a role like this. But the uh, the bottom line is I don't I don't necessarily feel like the film makes a strong enough commitment to um, to who the bad is that we're really supposed to be focused on. Uh, maybe until too late. And yeah. that's why when you get to the end, when they do the Scooby-Doo recap, uh, <laughs> it, it, it falls apart. It falls, it starts to fall apart to me. It feels like, um, it feels like it's trying to make good on unearned momentum for me. Like there's, there, there were so many twists and so many twists that came, um, uh, at the cost of me looking at particularly, uh, you know, Emily's uh, character and uh, thinking, gosh, you know, I'm not sure that Soderbergh actually told her what was going on as he was telling her what to do. Like, I I, I didn't feel like when, you know, when she puts the car into drive and rams it into the brick wall. There was no indication that she was doing anything sinister there. There was no indication, apart from putting her seatbelt on, that, I mean, that putting your seatbelt on does, did not seem to me like overtly sinister to me. And they, they kind of hung a flag on that too. Uh, it, the, uh, what was the second one? Um, you know, the, the, what, she woke what? up and was do, oh, you mean her second uh, sleepwalking thing or? Yeah, well, you know, the first thing was the, the she rams her rams herself into the oh, car. The, 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 oh, you, the mean, subway. you mean on the, on the, the subway. subway? Yeah, oh, the okay. Subway and then the boat. Right. Yeah, right. I mean that there were. It, it seemed like she was playing all of these elements, and and these elements were structured visually in such a way that that. Uh, you know, and I understand this sort of trompe l'oeil that's supposed to go on with with me as an uh, as a member of the audience. I'm not really supposed to to see that that I'm being tricked, and yet, uh, uh, you know, she was playing it in such a sim- sincere fashion that I really thought this was a character film about somebody dealing with the just the horrors of, that come with depression, and I was ready for it to be that film and like tom said at the beginning every time it it pulled this sort of 180 degree turn uh and and became a big pharma movie and then it became a legal movie and then it became a thriller about this uh this murder cover-up you know sinister conspiracy and then Uh, it became primal fear and then it became primal fear and then it was bound and you know the the mafia lesbian film right so so i you know every time it did that i you know by the time it gets to scooby-doo at the end i feel a little bit betrayed that doesn't mean i i necessarily you know i didn't like the movie i'm already you know i i i I enjoy the movie i enjoyed letting it sort of wash over me but at that you know as we talk about it i wonder how interested i'll be in in you know, well, you ever know ever seeing it again? Like this is one well, of those movies. Yeah. Like once it's done, like I I don't know how much joy I'd get out of of going through those motions again. Well, you did you feel like you were robbed then of what you thought that the character development was? Because what you're really saying is what you think of is there's this many layered character development going on. When really it, it, it the whole thing is a it's a solder it's a it's a Soderbergh kind of like this is his last hurrah maybe. 
And so it's kind of like, it felt like that's what it was. Like, this was really for him. The Gackers were the pawns. And it didn't seem like that the, the, the character development that I thought was going on was really, not to say that they didn't do well, you know, acting like I, I loved Runa Mir, uh, Runa, 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 Rooney Mara. Channing Tam Tam. <laughs> Tam Tamers. Um, but it felt like the more I watched the film, the more the dimensions of the characters themselves seemed to diminish. It wasn't, it was like, you know, went down to, to like, even Rooney's character uh, was just kind of like a two dimensional, really kind of thing where she played him out really well, but it wasn't as dimensional as you think it is. Well, really- you know, I think you have a, I think you have a really good point there, Chad, which is yeah. every time he, every time he turns us on our ear, we are robbed of seeing what that character really could have become because that character now no longer exists. The character we were just learning about, the depressive who's struggling with dealing with all these, the various pharmaceuticals, no longer exists. And we learn that because she tells us, no, I really wasn't taking all those drugs. So everything that you saw there uh, 40 minutes ago, that wasn't really me. That was a thing that we just sort of tricked you on. And so that, that level of sort of character betrayal, I think it comes at a cost of not trusting um, you know, not trusting who those characters were able to, who those actors it, were able to actually portray. So, well, so from a certain standpoint, if I could, uh, if I could propose something, is it, it almost sounds like you guys are upset that the movie was not what you expected it to be at different points when you set your expectation. I don't think it's about the movie. I think we're talking, I, well, at least what I think. I'm sorry, I'm speaking for the group, but I think it's yeah. more about that. There's two elements here. There's the movie that I think everybody thought was pretty, you know, and ingenious in the way that he kept like twisting and twisting and you just didn't know, you didn't know, you didn't know. And then there's the disappointment of these people that are the characters that all audience members fall in love with or don't. And so you're constantly kind of being emotionally abused. Well, but well, yeah, exactly. That's at- so that's the point I was try- I was I was leading up to is that is that you I think you guys are expressing a certain uh uh dismay at being uh, almost emotionally jerked around with yeah. throughout well, the movie. Well, but here's the thing though. You guys got to look at it, and this is why I find it really fascinating, because I keep I keep relating it to Psycho, a film that we think we know who we're following, and then halfway through the film, all of a sudden, the whole thing turns us on our ear, and we're following a completely different character as the person we're following gets killed. And that, to me, seems very much like this film. It doesn't follow what you'd think are common screenplay conventions as far as you know, who's our protagonist and all that sort of stuff. And it, it really surprised me because I really felt at the beginning, I was watching this story about Emily as she's dealing with her, her depression with pills and her husband coming out of jail and all this sort of stuff. And then she stabs her husband and kills him. And everything just kept twisting after that point. And then all of a sudden Jude Law, who, I mean, I, I, I liked his character, but I wasn't expecting him to end up being the protagonist for the rest of the film turned into the protagonist and i actually really enjoyed that and and then he turned into the antagonist again and then the protagonist again but i but you know i but i still really liked that they did that that they chose to write this story that that bucked all convention as far as what you were expecting in a script and for me i it, it i yes i did have some problems with how some of the characters actually ended up developing but because of the nature of the story, I guess I, I just kind of dismissed that and I took it for what it was, which was just a thriller where it was just a story designed in a way to just kind of keep turning on its ear and surprising me. And right. you're right, I didn't get connected to the characters as much as I would like to because I never knew who I was supposed to you know, be connected to. But 
because of the the nature of the story, I I did enjoy what they did with with the film, and I enjoyed the way that they played with my expectations. Okay. I, now, now, Andy, I, think, I, I agree I think, with you me, with the, on that, but I, I the one thing as Pete calls the Scooby Doo moment, the issue I have, and it, it's sort of a convention of this sort of genre of film is that you're asking me to believe that this 20 year 28 year old graphic designer is also such a great actress that she can <laughs> fool all of us into you know watching her sleepwalk and you know she's living this life that she is also this you know tremendous actress that can pull this off that fools us for the whole first part of the movie that i that's where i sort of feel cheated because I, I mean I, I love the twists and and but it's that idea of here's this person and we realize they're not who they we were okay. shown to be okay do I do I buy that that she's also this you know by spending a few you know however long with the psycho psychiatrist of well here's here's these attributes of a depression and that by just you know learning this I can you know fool everybody into believing I'm a really depressed person and that she yeah, can pull I, that off. So you know, the, 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 the parallel I just picked up while you were saying that, right, is that it's almost the exact same thing that like when, when you were basically, and, and what I feel is that the, the viewer was basically filling in the expectations for a lot of the characters, Emily included. And I think yes. what you found was in the in the system, you know, the psychiatric system and all that type of stuff. They were doing the same thing for Emily. This sort of they were making assumptions and, and sort of filling in the gap. And I think they were basically convincing themselves in a lot of ways that didn't require a lot a, a lot of pushing to to that this is what would happen. And of course she would feel this way because her her husband was in jail and 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 oh the drug and then the drugs are the bad person because and you know it, it probably didn't take her but you know, we look at it, uh, after seeing the ending, we're like, well, how could they? How could they? You know, this this she had to be some maniacal genius to to convince everyone. And I think what it really it didn't take that much when you know all you have to do is sort of point your finger and do a little. You know, I'm not saying it's simple, but you would do the play acting, and I think a lot of people were. You know, she she the Emily's character sort of um, minimized at a certain point in the movie, and we were watching all the chaos erupt around her. Uh, as as things were happening, right, as, and people were sort of, you know, sort of solving her problems for her in, in a way. In a way, I feel that, uh, and that, and then, and then when you find out that it's false, you snap back and go, wait, wait, wait a minute, how did, how did you do that? You know, how how was it that you were able to? And then they, and then that's where they tear you off in a, in a different direction and show that, you know, she was actually driving the driving the crazy bus. Well, thinking about Catalyst really quick, uh, I, this is where I think, I don't know if you're going with, I think it was Steve that was talking um, with this at first where you're going, I don't know if I believe her faking all this. I think what I thought about when, was, I think the one thing that got to me was when she was explaining her reasoning, like when it went to the Scooby-Doo moment, and she's talking about it, and she's talking about she had everything that she could possibly want, and then it was all taken away from her, like her husband went to jail. But right. then I thought, okay, wait a, wait a second. Like, uh, this to me sounds like, I mean, what she did then, it was a huge leap for me for her to go from, I love my husband and everything about him to, okay, I, the psychologist has fooled or, you know, convinced me that I'm now going to be this completely different person to the point where I'll stab my husband when he comes back. And I don't even know how long he was gone, but he could have been gone more four years. than four years. Four years. Okay, four years. 
but even in four years, I was I was trying to make the connection with how she went from having all this stuff, having everything, so, to despising so you, her husband and wanting to kill her. Her well enough to kill him for the money. I just so you don't you, believe the you don't believe in the um the part where she says that you uh you it doesn't happen overnight. You uh like you find that you anything bad that would happen to her. She finds herself blaming him, and then, so it's like a that the, the ability to kill her husband, you know, evolves over over many many years. You don't make that choice right away. You make it over a series of. Yeah, it's like it's like this nights happens nights bad, and, and you blame it on him, and you. Well, it and, like you such know, a stub my toe, and then blame and, it. On and him. that for me personally felt like writing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I, I like, kind yeah, of she, like if, that idea, but it doesn't feel human. It feels yeah, like a, I guess you're right. Yeah. Well, okay, now now Chad, let's let's take that. To, to the very end and what what Jude Law does is you know where he's and this is the question I had is 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 that final play that he makes of having her committed and say no you're you're this you know schizophrenic is that part of his play as his revenge for the play that's been played on him or is it actually an accurate diagnosis that he's made based on what we've seen this character do that she's this one person that's one way and has this traumatic life event and is able to become this of uh, this really vindictive, you know, person. Is that, you know, a, a psychological condition that he's diagnosed at the end that sort of <laughs> justifies the whole story? Or is it just, you know, I'm going to be deceitful to, to get my revenge on you. And, and that was something I, I'm, I, you know, as I walked out, I was thinking, how do I take that? Because right. I, I thought about it could it could go either way and maybe that's you know merits a repeat repeated view to really see what you know is is he just as deceptive and, and conniving or is he really you know sticking to his guns as as far as diagnosing his patient that's well, really they, interesting they... i had always assumed that it was just vindictive especially because he's playing them against each other right for so long but that is even if it's even if he is doing it vindictively the idea of you bringing up, is he actually still doing a correct diagnosis, <laughs> is fascinating. Mm-hmm. One of the, I mean, honestly, because one of the things that gets a little bit buried in this film, uh, which again, I really did like, but the, the things that gets buried is the incredibly gray area involving psychotropic drugs. Right. And, how, and how we're diagnosing what and for what. And right. how hard it is to... Once you've convinced people you're crazy, how hard it is to convince people you're sane. It's much easier the other way around. Right. And, right. and just as a side note on that, I've got to say, if any shrink ever comes at me and says, hey, I've got this plan to make tons of money, it involves you getting locked up in a, in a crazy house for a little while. But we'll make lots of money when I get, when I get you out. I will, I will know that's a bad plan. Yeah, you've totally seen <laughs> that movie. Know. That's what this movie's about. <laughs> Well, there's a you know there's an interesting point. I mean, I think that's a fascinating point that Jude Law's character, first of all, just as an aside, makes a real, you know, it, there, he makes a point of saying, "Here's a prescription for Thorazine. It's been around for years. Right. Uh, it's these new yeah. drugs that we don't trust. But Thorazine, I can lobotomize you right now. Right. Tried and true, trusted <laughs> experience. The the, the other thing that is <laughs> yeah right. The the uh, the other thing that I think is really interesting about that point it, that just gets me thinking is the number of um, of loose ends in Jude Law's character that they place throughout this 
film that we never get really resolved. And, and mm-hmm. you know, they all are involved in this other, uh, you know, this other patient in those student days. And there was the illicit, you know, sexual accusations uh, or accusations of illicit sexual conduct in the car. And, and um, you know, just the, that he uh, that he may have a kind of a dark um, a dark side that we we don't know whether or not we can trust this guy. That was sort of, I think, during character uh, twist number one seven eight two. Um, you know when we actually were were I think led down a path of not liking Jude Law, um, and uh, you know I wonder how that stands up. Like it, when it, when Steve, you know, brought this up at the end, is he you know is he really uh, is he being a do gooder at the end, or is he actually playing the playing the cards? Um, you know he he may be playing these cards as sort of the the um, evil alchemist that we never are quite sure he isn't. That's I didn't think he was a bad guy. I, I got the impression that at the end he was almost like a like a a middle of the road. Like I'm going to have to do some some stuff to clear my name, or I'm never going to get get loose of this. I think you know at some point he made a determination. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to I'm going to have to control the situation and see it see it completely all the way out, well, or, or it's going to follow me. Pretty isn't at the end there. He's pretty punitive, exactly. And isn't it interesting that you would make that description of him? I would absolutely agree with that. He, I I think he's a he's a guy. He's just a normal guy who maybe has made some bad decisions, uh, just like um, you know uh, Channing Tatum's character. He was a normal guy who made some bad decisions uh, in his job and ended up having to pay for it. Gets out of jail just trying to make good. Uh, and it's, it's the women, man. Yeah. The women were dark from soup to nuts in this film. The dudes are just trying to make good. Right. Gosh. So this, this movie is really about the women being crazy. That's what it is. Do you know what this is? This is an Adam and Eve tale. Oh my god! <laughs> right? Oh my god! Because how many how many of the women characters have been on have been on medication in this film? We don't see any of the guy. Well, okay, Jude Law's on on what Adderall, but yeah, every single woman. You know, Emily's got all these people saying, "Oh yeah, I've I've been on this or I've been on this, and this really helped me out." Right? Um, yeah, that's that's interesting, Pete. That right. you've got a lot of women that are you know what emotionally unstable and need to take prescription meds to to balance them out, and they're all. Well, and that was the okay. That's that's the one thing that I have to say. Really, the whole you know, and I'm glad you mentioned Bound because that that's the first thing that popped up to mind, and then it it went back to what I saw in the theater in the '80s. If any of you ever saw Death Trap, Death Trap, Michael Caine and oh, yeah. Christopher Reeve, where it's like oh, out of nowhere, it's like really what? And it was one of these things where I'm like, really, this we're gonna do this? Oh, okay. And it just it, it is. It's it's. I remember all the backlash from basic instinct oh well we're you know lesbians are evil and i'm like oh well here it is again and i thought oh geez hopefully this country's come past that point of you know getting all you know up in arms about something the way particular types of people are portrayed in films but it was something that i just felt like it's been done before what did it really add to the story I think Chad, you know, you said it really. Catherine Zeta Jones, we're gonna, her husband leaves her for a younger women, so she's gonna just like, oh, okay, I like, I'm into younger women now. I, that was one of the, huh. again, it comes back to that, that character of, 
you know, this unstable, you know, and I guess that's the question I had with uh, regarding that doctor is how, how unstable was she, you know, because I don't get that sense of her, I, you know, Emily, we see that she's manipulative, but this, this, this doctor, you know, when, you know, was she the evil mastermind? You know, no. how unstable is she? Actually, and that, there were a lot of left, well, left out of the loop as far as how the, Jude Law manipulated her, yeah. you know, that, that we didn't really get the sense of it. I don't know that we needed it to know exactly what deals and how he was manipulating her. But again, we didn't have that information. And it just made me wonder what we don't know how he's motivating her to, to act certain ways. And again, it just let, felt like another empty shell of a character. Just, just to your point, I felt at least at the end, the way they portrayed it, was that Emily was controlling uh, the doctor, doc, the female doctor, Dr. Siebert. Dr. Jones. Um, yeah, I mean, I got the impression that Emily was sort of, had, had uh, if you want to go back to that, you know, the bound reference, you know, yeah. she, she was taking, she had taken control of that per personal situation, however, had convinced that doctor to sort of, you know, kind of, you know, take this, you know, farther than it, it maybe, I, I think she was controlling, I mean, like I said, that's the way it portrays it in the Scooby-Doo okay. reveals at the end. Um, yeah. yeah. Even up until that point, uh, before that point, I, I still thought Emily was a victim of of something else. And I mean, if, if you look at it, th you know, female versus male pieces of this, um, the men were always the ones being sort of, you know, they were trying to rescue somebody or trying to trying to save somebody you know the the police officer pulls her back from the from the thing or the or the guy in, in the in the um, parking garage i mean oh, all, yeah. All, yeah. you know she's she's manipulating um i guess even even she, she manipulates a um, you know a woman in the, in the bathroom but you know to fake it but a lot of the times it's the men that sort of um make the assumptions about what's going on and, and act and then you know we find out later oh hey maybe that wasn't what was going on I thought that I just want to say I thought that that Rooney uh, did a really good job at um, uh, you know playing this this crazy character, but I felt that she wasn't given like I mean like Andy was saying it's kind of like what the what the script was sort of designed to do, but I really feel like I wished that there was more to what she was doing, and really in the end it was the whole thing was that one thing, and that was really hard for me. Because she's such a great, great actress, and not that she didn't do a good job here, it just it felt like it was all sort of thrown out, and and in for the film, just for just so that you know, the film would be able to say what it was going to say, whatever it was saying, <laughs> but uh, that it just it just felt like like Rooney was sort of like we were robbed of what we could have seen. I think, I think a little bit of what like Angela was saying. I think Andy is that you kind of like want to see what she's going to do with these medications that make her trip out like that. And I don't know, like the schizophrenia thing, I, I, still there's got to be the side of her, right, that likes her husband, I'm guessing, and you never see that after he dies. It's, it's I, I, don't, I don't know that she does anymore because I'm, I'm going to come back to that boat that we see, you know, at the beginning and then, you know, we see later on she walks past the season in the store and it, it's there and he picks it up and he's like, what's this, the gift, what's the occasion? And then she kills him and I thought, okay, but then we go to her flashback, you know, the Scooby-Doo thing. And it's like that wedding day, where are they? They're on the boat. And it becomes, it's that, that symbol of what he took away from her through what he did. You know, she had everything and it's symbolized in that boat. And it's like, she's presenting that to him as like, 
a reminder of, I had this perfect life and you took it away from me and now I'm taking it away from you. Well, and, and, and she not, took his life. Not just that, but remember also the baby. I mean, she had a baby. Right, yeah. and, and I mean, I do buy right. into the fact that she was, she was hit so hard by what he did that I, I can see that she miscarried because of that. I mean, I, I, I buy yeah. into that element. Of the story. I'd like to comment. I just like to sense. interject one small little comment. I was, I was actually talking with my wife on the way home about this. And, uh, we're not convinced that she had one. I'm not convinced either. I, you know, oh. I, I was, I, I bought into it. I don't see why. Because um, of that information was introduced by Dr. By Siebert. her. By Dr. Yeah. Dr. Siebert mentioned it. And that, you know, the first time, you know, yeah. Jude Law meets oh. her and she met, he's like, oh, she never mentioned that. And then she, you know, mentions it again when she's, you know, on her, you know, when he's supposedly giving her the little truth drug, but it's right, just exactly. saline. And, th and that's the only other time. And, and I, I'm, I'm with you on that, that Mike, I, I'm not convinced yeah. that, that there was. And, and, and I'm like, well, wouldn't there be medical sure. records? And, you know, Beth's like, well, no, they could, she could have just done it at home. And I'm like, oh, so, I mean, cause I was like, if she's the bad person, like she wouldn't put something out there that, that might be able to be disproved. You know, but oh, I guess you. I mean, there is a possibility that you know there were she never went to the hospital, or whatever about it. So I'm like, okay. So now in that light, I'm like, oh, that's just a a very, very, very effective emotional wrench that she she just threw out there, and I, I'm not convinced that it ever happened. But but uh, and maybe this is in the beginning. Sorry, I'm sorry, real quick. Just in the yeah. beginning, when I thought it was just sort of a character drama. The fact that when she was asleep, she kept setting three table settings. Yeah, was pretty well, phenomenal for me. Well, and that's why yeah. maybe that's why I buy into her reaction to him, and this whole story of why she was so upset that she would actually be okay with killing him. Maybe uh, that's why I believe that she actually did have a miscarriage, because I can see how somebody can can really blame somebody because hey you you just led to the death of my child and i can see why that's why she set those three table settings yeah. at the point when she killed him and you're trying to redeem her no i'm not trying to redeem her at all but i'm in I'm your saying, head i i'm saying i can <laughs> maybe maybe within the story i'm trying to redeem why it is that it, right. it, she led herself down this dark path of committing murder so that she could raise money uh you know to you know, raise do whatever money. raise agree, money yeah i agree with that because that's there's something a little grosser even though she is the villain there's something i guess shallower for me as a villain saying you gave me a bunch of champagne and a boat and then i got taken away so therefore i'm going to come up with one of the most elaborate so easy to be caught schemes ever <laughs> in order to get back at you. And I'm also only going to stab you, Channing Tatum, twice in the stomach, once in the back, and then go back to bed. <laughs> it all seems very risky. <laughs> it does. It really does. I mean, so, I mean, well, that's literally, that's the point. That's the point that you get at the end of the movie is, is, is this person, was it just an elaborate, um, you know, insane money scheme by by Emily you know at some point it evolved or was there actual was there actual trauma that 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 affected like the, the little story and you know, when she gets through all of her fake stories at the, at the base end of the character is it is it a um, she was traumatized by the by him going to jail which led to the to a, a series of traumas over four years and that that broke her 
and made her into this bad person, which, like I said, that at that moment you get sort of a little redemption of her of her character that that okay, yeah, we can all understand, we can see how that might happen. But if if you if you don't, if you take that away, if you say that even that was false or, or all that type of stuff was there, now you just have this this black, really evil, flat, bad villain character that that may, nobody nobody would identify with. That's really nope. interesting. I took it. I didn't take it as redemption i took it as motive yeah yeah but if you can identify with a person if you can say okay if you had it that bad and it went really bad and horrible you can kind of see how how a person might go a little bit crazy and then sort of sympathize or empathize sure yeah Yeah. justify to themselves but if but if it's all money that like there's like no redeeming quality and the person like okay that's just bad evil person and I don't, I don't know if that move, I don't know if this movie is upset about us making that conclusion. Well, I mean, this, that's kind of what I heard Andy doing. It's, it's like he's like, well, you know, this, 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 and I can, you know, you know I, that's what I heard is that is that sort of, you know, trying to explain how this person could do these things, right? Well, that's, I wasn't so trying to. That's what I meant by it. redemption. I mean, I mean, that's sort of like humanizing the the bad person. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, and I I wasn't trying to to. Uh, feel like find a redemption for her i just felt like that was like like tom said that was kind of the motive that they set up in the story and it worked really well for me that you know this is a woman who lost her baby because of the crime that her husband committed and because of that it put her in a state of mind where she felt she was better off taking uh you know getting back at him in the best way possible by taking his life because he took her baby's life and i mean it's it's you know, it's it's putting yourself in the mind of a of a murderer, and and you know that's what stories do is is they they're able to good stories I think are able to put you in the mind of of the killer, and every actor knows that Chad, you can attest to this that mm-hmm. uh, and when you're acting a part, you have to be able to believe everything that you're playing, and I felt that she really bought into all of that, and the fact that she was setting three tables, uh, three place settings, and everyone was asking her those questions. Um, even though she never came to the answer telling anybody, well, I set that third place setting for the child. Actually, she does say that later on. But it, it really, I, for me, it worked. I, I enjoyed that. She did that. say that later on? Yeah, during yeah, her fake when she was, drug. Yeah, under, oh, the, okay. under the fake drug, yeah. Okay. Matt, but, whatever the name is. But see, see, part of me wonders if that's like um, trying to, <clears throat> I don't know, trying to justify the emotional output that you have with these characters that suddenly gets ripped and, and dumped on the floor. You know or, I mean? it, or it's just something that I would say that you wouldn't necessarily get in a film uh, of this of this genre that wasn't directed by Steven Soderbergh. Right. Yeah. And and, and I'm, I'm you know my part is I'm I'm left at the end of the movie not knowing which side she is. I mean I know I, and you feel like you feel like she was this trauma and ends this way. I'm not I'm not so sure, but I'm not sure yeah, either way. But that's, but that's why I find it interesting is that it does put you in this place because I, I can see it both ways. I can totally see your perspective that maybe maybe there was uh, maybe she never was pregnant and, and the whole thing was a ruse. And I, I like looking at it both from both perspectives. And I think that a storyteller is able to really um, a, a good storyteller is able to put 
something out there like the three place settings, and and you can almost look at it both ways and still make it make make it work. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. yeah like, like Mike, I don't think that you're wrong at all. Yeah. I'm just telling you what I needed to make right for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, like with... that's what for me for her to be. I guess I needed a motive, and the motive of just money wasn't enough for me. So I needed okay. there to be a missing child, or something like that. And so right. that's. But I think that's exactly the best point is putting out something there that's just a little bit. It's iconic but vague enough, and you can make your own conclusions. Yeah. Is is smarter is such a smart part of uh, films like this that usually don't have those kind of moments to it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to something Andy said about protagonist the stories because this is what I what I found interesting is 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 how the film opens and how it ends because we open you know with the slow crane shot into you know to the building into the window the zoom, to the, the murder scene right. and then at the, at the end it's it's she's there at the window you right. know in the hospital right. moving away so it, which leaves me the question of you know is it really her story or is it you know is, is it both of them or is her story caps you know the, the beginning and the end you know whose story is it really you know or is it is it both and that was something i'm sort of left is because i keep coming back to both of them as far as you know because those are the two characters we have the most information about uh there you know there's there's still questions about their background we we have questions about whether jude law had this you know what happened in his past did he really do these things you know and so that's you know i think signs of a good a good story you know that we we have lots of questions we we're we're discussing it but it's it's something that you know if you describe this film to somebody who would, whose story this really is? Well, yeah, and and you're right. I mean, that's a great point. The bookends of the film with the with the shots of the buildings, and and how parallel they are with with her uh, with with her as the person that we're really following. But you know that that comes up with a, a point that your main character that you're following, whose story you're telling, doesn't always necessarily have to be the protagonist. Of True. your film, there are plenty of examples of stories out there where your main character, who's telling your story, is one character, and your protagonist is another character, and your antagonist True. can be. You know, it, it, it's it's yeah. just interesting how the story is constructed, and yes. I, I like that they used her as bookends and the bit with her at the end, <clears throat> how it comes back in, and we do get a good closing out of him. Yeah, that's true. That, with yeah, the driving away, the family. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, exactly. So we see that everything in his life has kind of, because of what he's gone through, he's able to repair everything in his life and get back yeah. uh, everything that he had lost. The but, first, the first zoom in and pan. What is, that goes into a window that shows what again? It's it that's goes, the, it, it goes the into blood. The, yeah, it goes into oh, the that's house just where in they the, live. It, the apartment yeah. which she, okay, got it. Yeah. Right, what, and then you then you cut inside and you see all the blood everywhere. Right. So it starts with what put her into prison and then the prison she ended up in. Right. Okay. So what? How do you interpret her her last line? You know, you know, what the guy? How, how are you doing today? And she's like, doing better. You know what? Sort of like. <laughs> you know, I was. I my wife and I debated about that. Was she really taking meds at that point? And she was just kind of like at a point where now she really was forced to take these meds and was yeah. kind of in a state where she's just 
basically numb to the world and doesn't know what's going on. So essentially she's better or right. was she, she like being really sarcastic and miserable and acknowledging the fact that she's pretty much screwed and she's right. stuck in this hole that she's essentially put herself in because yeah. like I said, you put yourself in the hands of a psychiatrist who said, no, really, trust me, I'm going to put you in a, in a loony bin for a little while and we'll make a lot of money. And don't worry, I'll get you out. Uh, you know, it's and then you're stuck there for the rest of your life. I mean, which, it's, which it's maybe what, is what this movie is really trying to say is that all psychiatrists are out for your money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? I remember. What? I, I remember thinking at one point in the movie that the and, and it was the part where um, the doctor was a John, Dr. Banks, his his uh, practice was starting to fall apart and all the things were starting to come come down around him. And there's this, uh, um, the two partners were yelling at him. The one female was basically telling him that he, you know, he was insane and she was, looked like she was freaking out. And the other guy was like, you know, I don't know what's going on, but here's this letter and you're, you know, so you better move out. And I'm like, and with, and with the uh, Dr. Siebert, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, man, the psychiatrists are the least hinged people in the entire movie <laughs> at that moment. It's like these people are dealing with things worse than anybody. Like none of them are. I mean, in the span of uh, movie time, uh, the the Doctor Banks goes from a um, you know family uh, everything right in the world to guy trying to hit up friend for Adderall like within like two minutes. Like <laughs> like, you're, like he he. I know it's like probably longer in the storyline, but literally he's falling apart like no time at all. Yeah, like Can't full on like it. cold sweats. Like well, yeah, I mean I, I mean he I, almost I like a junkie of... asking for a hit. Like, like, like within, within two minutes and you're like, these guys are not handling this at all. Well, that's why I really like the, the, the character of Deidre, his, his, his wife, who it's like, she seems to be the most, you know, the, the world is spinning this, the, everybody that we've encountered is just spinning out of control. She's like really rooted in reality, you know, where, where it's like, when he's like, like obsessive compulsive and she's like, look, you got to let this go. I looked at it and I thought, wow, she's, she's, you know, probably the only person that sort of in the real world that's that's rational at well, this point it was a nice touchstone of like to really yeah. give a sense of how how far he had just gone because yeah. we, we're we're with him like we're going to investigate mm -hmm. look at the crime scene and the car and you know all he this was stuff. one step like, away from whoa, like whoa, whoa, that, that's way he's way beyond and it was a nice nice ability to say okay have a frame of reference what he's doing is really yeah. going too far yeah exactly it lets you because if you didn't have that you would you would be completely where he is and and everything he says makes sense and you would be yeah just like you said completely in his thing and, and now you had that little thing going okay maybe okay wait a minute hold on okay yeah. maybe he's the crazy guy yeah yeah, yeah okay maybe he's because, yeah cause literally you unhinging it, you can see it going the route of what was that john travolta movie where he was a lawyer trying to prove a case against some like big you know thing and and oh, he yeah. like lost he lost everything in his life, but and, and he literally action. is like civil right. Oh, no, 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 Mississippi <laughs> burning. <laughs> it's one of the two. That's right. <laughs> but you no, know, but it's it's that sort of thing, and, and you know, you having her kind of come in to be. I don't know. I mean, it, it worked for me, but at the same time, it, it I, I it, it felt like that it, again, well, like what yeah. Tom said yeah. earlier. That was a, a example of writing. Like she really just always yeah. felt like that's all that she was there for. True, true. 
Hmm. All right. All right. So here's the thing. Are we going to, are we going to, uh, Andy, are you, do you have the, uh, the flick chart up? No. Are, are we rating these? Yes, we are. What's a flick oh, chart? You, you bet your sweet honey took us we are. We're going gonna to have to go through and rank the rest of them. Either. I know. Well, there are only five of them, right? Six. <laughs> I, I don't think they can. All right, bring it up. <laughs> All right. So uh, for, for those Wait, who. should we have a totally new flick chart just for these? <laughs> no, it'll take us forever to do. The... No, yes. no, no, it's only five. <laughs> All right. Well, it's totally a, yeah, it's, a... it, that's up to you. Do you want me to write a flick chart theme? <laughs> <laughs> so let me try it. Here we go. Flick chart. <laughs> that might be Skyfall. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or any other uh, Bond theme. It's uh, so so for those uninitiated, we're going to be ranking. We uh, Andy and I have have developed a. Um, a deep and intimate love for flickchart.com. And if you haven't uh, visited flickchart.com, you should do so uh, and look for the next reel. Uh, that's our that's our account, right? Flickchart.com slash the next reel? Correct. All right. And that's that's where we've we have ranked all of the movies that we've done on the on the show against one another. And so it is at once um, emotionally satisfying and deeply, deeply robbing like uh, soul-suckingly horrible to have to compare certain movies together when they come up, and they you only get ten uh, as as you rank them. And so we we Andy will call out the comparison, and you just have to go with your gut. Which one do you like better? How would you compare side effects with um, invariably? Um, Fifth Element, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> well, by Andy, by Andy's chart, he likes Fifth Element more than a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, so, uh, obviously there are, a regular there are a lot of bad movies out there. Uh, as I recall, when I re-ranked that, it's pretty close to the bottom. <laughs> uh, so we have that. I I would like to let's do the let's do the flick chart and then let's let's do a, a closing round of uh, fifteen words uh, or less from each of us. So prepare your prepare your <laughs> prepare, begin your fifteen word preparing your fifteen word summaries, and uh, hopefully I have stalled enough for Andy to to go ahead and bring up flip chart. All right, fifteen words. So right. so not I don't know if uh, everyone on the film board is as caught up with all of our uh, of the movies we've talked about, but I'm assuming you are. So we're going to. <laughs> what is that noise? Someone's ringing. The the laughing? No, there's someone. There's ringing. Oh no, that's in your head. Yeah. Oh, that was that oh. was me. I got disconnected uh, somehow. Oh, oh, that's the Blixa calling. That's the Blixa oh, calling. Oh. <laughs> Did you think it was funny at the end of the movie where they're like, "Oh yeah, I was taking the Blixa, but that didn't do anything for me." <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. So it's like close. it's like the the big bad guy throughout the whole movie was these drugs, and then at the end of the thing, it's like, "Oh yeah, it doesn't do anything." Right at all. Maybe drowsiness and blindness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy. Awesome. Okay, so side effects or Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Somebody who could use some Oblixa. <laughs> Sweeney Todd. Oh, no, I'd say the side effects. I'd sw I, Sweeney Todd was not one of my favorites. What's awesome is we have a tiebreaker. I love it. Okay. Who I else? know. This is great because Pete and I, we just have to duke it out. I, I would go with Sweeney Todd for this one. I really enjoy that film. Anyone else? I love Sweeney Todd, and I have never seen it. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know it's not fair. <laughs> what? But Wait, I go we, with Sweeney. We... So okay. Chad, Chad doesn't get to vote on this one. <laughs> Dang it! 
I've never seen it, so I'm gonna pick it. <laughs> I'm gonna pick what it. What is that? Well, because it just seems like a great movie, and I've seen the preview. <laughs> Tom, uh, hey, it's I, his I, vote. Side you can vote however he wants. I want to vote. Tom, you're Tom, picking. You're like picking side effects. I, Tommy votes for side effects because I hate long titles. <laughs> oh, I see. We have some very principled votes. It's, it's an eight-word title. It is pretty lengthy. Yeah, enough. And it. All right. What What did you go with, Andy? You went with Sweeney Todd. I did Sweeney Todd. Man, I I think I might. I I think we don't have a tiebreaker because I think I was gonna go. No, I'm gonna go with Sweeney Todd. Oh. oh. Yeah. Mike, what did you pick? I picked Sweeney Todd. Oh. And, and Steve, you picked side effects. Yes, I did. So I think we're at Sweeney Todd then. Sweeney right. Todd, yeah, you are. Yeah, with Chad's deeply well-considered vote. <laughs> it's not a competition, people. <laughs> All right, side effects or Clute? I have not seen Clute. I saw um, Night Shift, and they talk about <laughs> Clute in that movie. Remember? <laughs> okay. I have not seen Night Shift. So. You have it with Michael Keaton? With Keaton? It's a Keaton classic. Oh, come on. I was watching Clute instead. Sorry. <laughs> and you're missing I'm a gem. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go side effects on this one. Believe yeah. that. Side I'm gonna go effects. side effects. Side effects as well. I'll go with side effects. Wait, Anyone Michael. Else? Michael Keaton was in Clute. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and I, I think uh, Night Shift. I go with Night uh, Shift. To be honest, I haven't uh, seen Clute, so I'm going to have to vote Radio, starring um, whatever that guy. <laughs> All right, side effects takes it. Side effects or Prometheus? Ooh, Prometheus. I bored. Prometheus. Yeah. What? Prometheus. I'll do Prometheus as well. Uh, gosh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I may take back what I was just saying. I may go side effects, because Prometheus I had so many problems with, and I have problems with no side effects, problems. but I enjoy... I, I really enjoyed everything about side effects, whereas Prometheus made me really hate it because of the problems I had. Yes. Yeah. The problems that I had with side effects, I was fine with. The problems with Prometheus wanted me to punch the movie in That's the face. That's right. I exactly. want to punch myself and anyone near me in the neck. I wanted to punch Pete so hard. I did too. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so Tommy votes uh, side effects. All right, so we got three for side effects. Side effects. Yeah, I'm going to go with side I just watched Prometheus, I think, two weeks ago, and I'm, I'm going to lean with, with side effects on this one. Right. I'm Chad, staying I, with Prometheus. All right, Chad. I, I yeah, I, I, I go with side effects. All right, sorry, Mike, you're out on this one. No, no, it's not a competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't do this one. What is it? I'm go ahead, do it. Oh, I can't. Okay, Andy. Uh, what's up, what's on the come line? Come on, man. Be right. principled. Well, Andy. it's it's because it's a movie that Pete and I recorded and we haven't put out online yet. <laughs> oh. Well, then you can have, you can both All abstain. Right. We'll, we'll just do it. Side effects and Midnight Run. Midnight Run? Are you kidding? <laughs> I haven't even seen it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I gotta see that one. I really do. Is it good? I, I haven't seen Midnight Run either. I, I'm what? ashamed to say. Hey, who's no, that? I just... Is that Tom? No, it's It's one one that I just I just never got around to seeing. Let's see it. Well, you're That's because I have a thing to. against, I have a thing against have Charles Grodin. Sorry. You'll have to watch it because Pete and I are going to talk about it soon. <laughs> you, okay. I'm sorry. You have a thing against okay. Charles Grodin? Who has a thing against Charles Grodin? Uh, the no answer one. is Beethoven the dog. Not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, yeah. or, or Clifford. No, that's Martin. a good, that's oh, a good one. Yeah. All wow. large dogs. Excellent. I'm going to say side effects, though. I'm going to say side effects. 
I got to say Midnight Run on this one. Ooh. I think we know how that episode's going to go. <laughs> uh, Tommy says Midnight Run. It's Midnight Run. It's like... It's, uh, I know. Uh, it's, it's genius. I love Midnight Run. All right, watch. so that's two for Midnight Run. Uh, was it three for side effects? Yeah. And then Chad, you're you're out because you haven't seen. Oh no, oh, Chad Steve, said Steve's, Steve's out because I, I haven't seen it. Steve so. and Chad haven't seen it, so yeah. actually we've. Chad, yeah, you but... I run. No, but I really want to, so that counts. <laughs> okay, uh -huh. and, and I did see clips on uh, YouTube where they show you like a three minute clip, and I've seen nine of those. So. That's <laughs> easily yeah okay. I don't that's know. I try to see We're two and two, and that's Chad's. Uh, Chad's. I don't know. Are we using that as something to? Uh... <laughs> Come on! You have to vote. Come on! It's it's real. Uh -oh. <laughs> All right, Andy, you you run. You're running the mouse, <laughs> and, and the mouse just clicked midnight run. Okay. Side effects or the game? Oh, that's right. This just got real. Yes. <laughs> parts the game because it's oh that's at least in the same genre i would say yeah the yeah. game this is me and steve and chad and mike we all vote the game i'm gonna really amazing i'm gonna vote the game nice I well game. played side game <laughs> i literally almost voted side effects but i'm gonna say the game definitely the game the game all right i think it's the game on this one. Oh yes Incher takes it Side effects or the natural? The natural. The natural. The natural. What, why even? Yeah, it's a classic. That's a classic. Yeah, because so that's definitely one I'll, I'll watch again. So natural yeah. on this one. Is that how you're doing it? Because that's how I'm doing it. Did anybody pick side effects on that one? <laughs> I did because I don't like sports. <laughs> oh, that's, this movie's not about sports. <laughs> you're not about sports. <laughs> I know I'm not about watching all the movies that I should be watching, like Midnight Run. I should watch. I know you just you just keep watching, uh, you know, uh, Tears over and over again. I know. <laughs> you want, Chad, we'll start our own podcast and watch all the movies that we haven't seen. That's right. <laughs> we haven't seen. All right. What's all next? right? So we're done. Side effects is 43 on Flick Charts. 43 out of 67. What's yeah. uh, give us give us number 42 and number 44. The professional oh and the natural. Ooh, what? If, yeah. if if we were ranking this on five stars, it would be uh, two out of five. It would be thirty six out of a hundred. I reject your math. <laughs> okay. Something is wrong. We just said I that the natural that was better. Yeah. <laughs> how could the natural how, how be how the natural lose? No. All right. That the natural was above it, and the professional was below it. Oh, right. This film, board, this film board presentation brought to you by Flickchart. <laughs> we should be <laughs> so lucky. Uh, <laughs> all right, give it. Let's go around the horn. Uh, let's do our fifteen-word uh, or haiku last words. Uh, I didn't prepare for haiku. Uh, I think uh, that means you're first. Uh, <laughs> uh, amazing thriller, twist in the middle, sad ending. <laughs> That was that was a, that's a haiku if yeah. I ever. That's pretty close. It's a haiku in spirit, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> haiku inspired. But you, uh, you, you, uh, you were you were moved by this film, is what you're saying? Yes, I was moved, and I enjoyed it immensely. Steve, I enjoyed this film. It made me think. 
I walked out not sure if I wanted to see it again, but after this very insightful discussion, I think it's one that I'm looking forward to revisiting you know, one or two more times to sort of see how I interpret some of the, you know, characters based on our discussion here. So I, I, I think my opinion has increased based on this discussion. Wait a minute. We're, we're, I thought this was 15 words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleep talking. I don't know. All right, Chad. I'm sleep talking. Um, uh, knife stab husband with lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> These are a few of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. I mean, they made uh, Ghostbusters and uh, a couple other movies that I did like into cartoons. And <laughs> if this ever gets made into one, I think I might. I, I think I might watch it, only because you want to know what happens later. What happens? <laughs> oh my god! Side effects the cartoon. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? Oh man, that's, that's the worst idea I've ever. Heard. <laughs> that's the best idea. <laughs> Oops, I stabbed you. Whoops, oh. and then it, Oops uh, I did it again. <laughs> what if it was side effect? What if it was side effect babies? <laughs> Where they're all in one room stabbing each other and taking <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Oh my. Uh is that it? Um <laughs> I'm a person. Yeah, I'm a guy like me. Tom, um, I would say that uh, at risk of stealing from you, Pete, I don't know if I am, but I probably am. Uh, there were three movies in here I would have all liked to have seen. Three movies about the one person dealing with depression, as long as it wasn't as terrible as melancholia. Number two, a real takedown of the pharmac pharmacology, and then number three, that kind of a murder mystery. But all three of these things really had enough tricks and turns to make me really enjoy it and uh, really recommend the movie. What? Well, no, you know, I don't think you stole from me. Okay. But I appreciate the homage. Not at all. Uh, for me, oh, gosh, I, you know, this movie, I, I think you, you talk about the, the three movies in terms of, a, uh, of a, uh, Steven Soderbergh's kind of uh, pseudo finale. Uh, what this is, is sort of stylistically, this movie made me want to go watch The Girlfriend Experience again. Uh, from a character perspective, it made me want to go watch Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Um, and right. so I think these, um, you know, this, this film had uh, a lot of really great things going, uh, going on inside of it. And, um, I, you know, I think uh, he, he, um, it's when we start pulling them apart, I think that that actually shows where this film really has a lot of merit. And, and to Steve, uh, to Steve's point, um, uh, to Steve's point, uh, I, I think my opinion actually has increased as well. I was I was darn sure I was not going to see this movie again. And now I think I have to uh, just to see if I actually get the end. Uh, because I think there's mm. there's a lot to have missed. I, I really need to. I, I feel like I need to digest that at least another time. So I yeah. I, I will say this. I don't feel necessarily like if um, I, I don't have that drive like to go see it again and see all the things I missed. I, I get I get the feeling sometimes that I think he hid them very well. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't necessarily show them to us. Mm. 
And and I would like to say officially that your 15 world thing is completely full of faith. <laughs> I love that you are ignoring the guideline. Well, well, well chatted. Yeah. yeah, you said it, and you're not even doing it. I know. So. I'm terrible. I'm, I'm delirious, <laughs> though. I have an excuse. <laughs> and officially, Mike, as soon as we hang up, I'm calling you back so you can Skype me to bed. Andy, Andy, you close it up. You know, I I really enjoyed the film uh, all around, and I just I again I and I know I've said it a few times, but I really find myself connecting this to to Psycho. And the thing I enjoy about Soderbergh is that even when he's doing films that are very commercial, um, I feel like he's always trying to do something new with cinema or or experiment the way that somebody else had experimented in the past. And I really. I, I, the more I think about this film, I really feel it was, uh, you know, kind of his attempt to kind of play with how Hitchcock had kind of uh, manipulated the audience with Psycho in the world of the thriller. And I enjoy what he did, and I enjoy how he played that game with me as an audience member. I, I bought into it all the way through. I really enjoyed it, um, and it, and it is something that I think I would enjoy going back to. Uh, in other viewings down the road and just see what I take from it then. So, uh, you know, it was a film I enjoyed and I, I certainly look forward to seeing it uh, again uh, in the future. There you have it. I think the verdict's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I think our comments may, may, um, uh, well, I don't want to compare our comments with flick chart rating ranking. <laughs> yeah, no, flick chart right. didn't, didn't go so well. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for, for, uh, joining uh this evening to talk about the this uh this great film uh this was a, a good chat uh anybody uh, do you want to do you do you all have places where you you uh, can send people to follow you and learn more about you or shall we just send everybody over to uh the next com? do you are uh, you where this is, where this is tommy you can find me on aol.com <laughs> i knew it <laughs> i knew it where's your myspace page sexy you can find me on friendster. <laughs> <laughs> and on three dating sites, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. He, okay, he's got an Cupid. Earthlink website. Okay, <laughs> Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, who's anybody else? Uh, well, I don't know, Pete. It's it's not well. It's not official, but um, Scrubby Stories is one that uh, should be up this week. It should be up this week doing it. Oh should goodness, is is yes. he is the old man? Is the old man putting his words to tape? It is, and we're coming out with there's uh two or three more coming to your way. So um, uh, these are bedtime stories that I put together. Scrubby, Uncle Scrubby puts Uncle together. Scrubby, know, yeah, you have nothing to do with man. it. No, but I know this man. I rub You're his helping him. Time. You're helping him deal with right. his psychology. Gotta, he doesn't know what to do. I rub his legs at night. Yes, <laughs> because of the because of the veins. He's got he got to deal with the veins. Uh, and then uh, you can go to www.chadstoops.com um, and and uh, IMDb if you want to. So. I, I I love that. Uh, I love that uh, chadstoops.com is uh, it's a giant picture of you, right? Is it, is it a picture of me or is it me upside down? It's you upside down. That's what it is. Reading the paper. Right. Oh, that's my favorite. Uh, all right. So let's see. Tom, uh, is it okay, Cupid? Uh, do you have any other place, Tom, that you want to send people? Um, <laughs> just I'm usually under a bridge somewhere. All right. So we have. So clearly, what that says is uh, we have work to do for Tom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike. Yeah, I don't want anyone finding me. 
Okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. Don't believe it. He's under Uber me, baby. <laughs> yeah, but nobody can pronounce it right, so they'll never find me. That's Mike, right. people are going to search for you now. You're going to have stalkers. Uber no. me, veins. <laughs> yeah, sure. you'll, not, you'll not find anything worth your time. Mike, your, 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 voice, your voice has been up my nose all night. It resides there in my cavity. It's awesome. I'm I'm gonna write that down as a compliment. I think it is. No, it it is. should it go in the compliment I... file. <laughs> Steve Sarmento. Uh, you can find me at uh, Steve Sarmento on uh, Google Plus. There's a place where people wow. Find me. Wow. What? Google Plus. I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm there. Finally, sending out movie related things like the. Hit by a bus, supercut. Twelve minutes of people getting hit by buses for films. You are a fount of pop culture uh, wisdom. I am also on IMDb, I believe. Nice, excellent. Oh, I'm on IMDb. Is that if, if we're saying that I'm on IMDb? Excellent. Look at all you people. And Bing. <laughs> <laughs> Who uses Bing? Hey, oh, Pete, should we, should, uh, so it is up officially on iTunes, right? Scrubby Stories. People well, can- if you, if you happen to search for Uncle Scrubby's Bedtime Stories, you could subscribe to, uh, to Uncle Scrubby's, uh, Old Man Scrubby's podcast. Uh, and I highly encourage you to, to do so because there are some, some hits in there, uh, like, uh, well, the, the nuns of, what was it? Nuns of Brentwood the Falls. Nuns of Brentwood Falls. That's a, a, a hit <laughs> story. You need to check that one out. What the happens? Valentine, the Valentine's Day one. Yes. Just coming out. That's a, and the story of the Dingleberries. The Dingleberries. <laughs> it's yeah. a, this is not there. It's the, the peanut butter people. Not to be missed. Peanut butter people. Not to be missed. Yeah. All right, uh, Andy. Uh, Andy and I. Yep. Can pretty much be found at thenextreel.com on Twitter at thenextreel and. Um, you know, join us each week for the show. The show usually we record on Thursdays, and the show goes live on Fridays. Uh, except for this week, we're running a little bit behind because I was down with the plague. So, by the way, you held up very well. Well, thank you. I, I there was a, a point right in the middle of the show where I I was laying down on the floor uh, and crying, but I got through it. Mostly that was. I think your head hit the keyboard. Yeah. Just seeing the word e <laughs> over and over again. I guess it's more of a letter. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. I'm gonna turn it off now. We've been going way too long, and uh, uh, I'm tired of yeah. people now. So I'm gonna oh. hit the I'm gonna hit the big gray button now. Mom, <laughs> this is for you. Your, your baby boy did it. Your baby boy's a star. Here on the film board, we have covered quite a variety of great page-to-screen adaptations over the years, from superheroes like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, based on stories like Nightfall and The Dark Knight Returns, to horror and sci-fi like Max Brooks's World War Z and Hiroshi Sakazuraka's All You Need Is Kill, which became one of our favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And who could forget Andy Weir's stranded astronaut adventure, The Martian, or Dave Eggers' tech thriller, The Circle? Supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man, and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Grant's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic. It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. 
For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories. And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu. That's right. TheNextReel.com slash originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and The Next Reel's family of shows. So what are you waiting for? Head to TheNextReel.com slash originals and get your next read today. (laughs) 